What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're at in the world. Welcome to His Hardline. You are listening to 1% with Him. And I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side. They are at the wheel. They're at the helm. And they're the ones that are steering this ship through these crazy chaotic waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here today. It is July 26, 2022. At least it is here in West Michigan. And it is a beautiful day, I must say. We were outside earlier. The kid was riding the bike. We had all the neighbors over. I swear we are that house. We are the people that we are the house where everybody comes over and they sit and they pop a squat in the driveway or they bring their chair and we just kind of sit and watch the kids play. And yeah, it's actually a good time. But, uh, you know, it's uh, we actually had an incident the other day, actually yesterday, not a huge incident, but we had an incident nonetheless where, you know, the kids There's so many kids. They got these little, you know, electric battery powered little vehicles, you know, the little four wheelers that are n- basically not gas powered. It's like Tesla's for kids, <laughs> um, but they ride up and down the street. And my daughter's got a Jeep and there's a little boy next door. He's got like this little Indy 500 little race car one. And like, there's so many kids that have them. And we teach the kids that when there's cars that come in down the road or they see a car coming out of the driveway, you get off to the side and you stay out of the way until the car passes and it clears and then you're good to go. Well, we have one lady. She's, uh, I'm going to try to be delicate here, but she's much, much, much older than most of the neighborhood. And she's one of those that likes to party typically, right? She's always, she always brags about, uh, at least in the beginning when we first all moved into the neighborhood and we didn't know one another, but she was always talking about how, oh yeah, I'm the, I'm the, I'm going to be the cool grandma. I like to drink. I like to do this. I'm going to be like the whole neighborhood's grandma, blah, 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 blah. Right. Well, my daughter and the little boy next door, she was trying to leave her driveway. So they got out of the way. They got off to the side, but apparently it wasn't enough for her. And so she backs out of the driveway, kind of halfway on the road, stops, gets out. And it's like, okay, you guys got to get going, right? Which, okay, that's fine. But then she takes it a step further, looks down. You know, she's like a few houses down from us so we can hear. And she looks down at us and it's like a group of parents just kind of hanging out in our driveway. And she's like, hey, you mind getting your kids? It's like, what? Really? Like, (laughs) what? I don't know. I just, I, we had no words. I just, it's, the way she went about it was just completely rude, but whatever, you know, my wife got really upset about it, which, you know, I just stayed out of that war path. Cause you know what, when she gets on one, I stay out of the way. <laughs> so, but anyway, today though, we are going to be reading revelation. I'm not a huge, um, I try, I try not to focus too much on revelations just because for some reason it gets to be a touchy, I don't know why it becomes, it's a touchy book for people, but I think if I heard right, one of the two biggest books that Satan hates the most is uh, Genesis. Uh, yeah, what is it? Genesis. Excuse me. Maybe I'm, I'm I'm mistaken here. Hold on. Yeah, Genesis and the the first and last book of the Bible, Genesis and uh, Revelations. 
I've always heard that, that the devil cannot stand the first and the last book of the Bible. And so today we're going to we're going to read a little bit of uh, Revelation. We're going to touch on chapter 20, verses 1 through 15. And the reason I picked that today is because I've been hearing reference from people that I know that, uh, you know, we may be approaching a thousand years of peace. And so I was like, you know, let me read up on that because I'm curious. You know, I, I never read Revelations chapter 20, at least not that I can recall anyway. So I was like, you know what? Today's a good day. We're going to read that today. So we're going to dig into that. And so let's uh, let's get into it. As you all know, I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm not a Bible expert. I'm not an ordained minister or priest or anything like that. I'm just a truck driver who hauls fuel. I read my Bible every morning. I try to make sense of it. I try to interpret it the best way I can. Some days I do an okay job. Some days it just goes right over my head. But remember, at the end of the day, the fact of the matter is we each and every one of us, we each need to take some time, 15 minutes at least, minimum, get in the Bible, dig into it. Even if you don't understand it, just make the attempt, okay? That's all God wants you to do. Just make the attempt to get close and intimate with Him. So so here we go, Revelations chapter 20. And today we are reading out of the New American Standard Bible. I will bounce back and forth between that and the N-A-B-R-E. And so this version says... Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and the great end, a great chain in his hand. And he took hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time. Then I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was given to them, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received the mark on the foreheads and on their hands, and they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until a thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. When the thousand years are completed, Satan will, re- will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations which are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Mag- Magog, Magog, to gather them together for the war. The number of them is like the sand of the seashore. And they come up on broad plain on the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city and fire came down from the heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are also. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne in him who sat upon it. From, those, from whose presence earth and heaven fled, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead 
who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Ooh, I hope I don't find myself to be on that other end of uh, not having my name in the book of life because that does not sound like a good time. So what does the book of Revelation chapter 20 actually mean? So let's dig into this a little bit. So in prior chapters, John described his vision of the final judgments on earth leading up to the defeat of the Antichrist and the false prophet at Armageddon. And following that conflict, the two satanic figureheads are cast into the lake of fire, and this chapter unfolds the devil's destiny afterwards. Now John sees an angel binding Satan with a great chain and confining him to the bottomless pit for a thousand years. So during this time, it seems that Satan was not allowed to exert his normal influence on the world. And part of his uh, this binding and eventual releasing seems to prove that um, mankind is de- desperately wickedly wicked, excuse me, wicked, even after a millennium of peace. And some people will still choose to reject God, as seen later in the chapter. And during this time, those who were saved during the tribulation are brought back to life, which is the first resurrection, which we read back in verses one through six. Now, Satan's release at the end of the thousand years results in a rebellion. And this is a sad commentary on man's limitless ability to reject God and follow his own stubborn pride. Something we often see more and more in modern day. And even after 10 centuries of peace and righteousness led by Christ himself, so many people will be still willing to follow Satan that their number is like the sand of the sea. And once again, those who oppose God will be soundly defeated. This time, however, though, Satan is cast forever into the lake of fire. And there will be no escape or temptation from the devil anymore. And we saw this illustrated in verses 7 through 11. Now, after the final defeat and punishment of Satan, the rest of mankind was resurrected is resurrected, excuse me. And these are the non-believers that were brought back to life in the second resurrection. And, And so this brings them to a great white throne, symbolic of purity and justice. And unlike the rainbow throne described in earlier chapters, this one is austere. And those who died in Christ are judged on the basis of his life rather than their own. And so those, those are the persons whose names were written in the book of life. And that we could see illustrated in verses 16 through 18. So now in contrast to all that, here at the great white throne, judgment, unbelievers are judged on their own deeds, which means damnation. And so every person who did not follow Christ is, cons- is consigned to the lake of fire. Again, we saw that in verses 11 through 15. So basically at this point in Revelation, though, victory over death and evil is complete. 
And every harm, every wrong, and every sin has been punished. And every person who followed God has been restored and rescued. And Satan is gone forever, and all wrongs have been made right. And what follows the next chapters are John's visions of the eternity believers will share with Christ. I tell you what, I can't wait for a time like that. I would love to be able to live in a time like that where Satan gets cast away forever and we don't ever have to worry about death anymore or, or evil, right? We don't have to worry about his tyranny and his schemes that he tries to pull on us, right? And it's been believed by a lot of people. And I'm still, you know, I, I, I'm still in I'm just full transparency. I don't know what to think. I like to believe we're near the thousand years of peace. Now, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. I do want to say this. I get. I know I've gotten some emails and text messages from quite a few of you. Not quite a few, but a few of you. And I get a lot of good favorable emails. I know you guys like the 1% with him show. And I get a lot of suggestions about what I should do and how I should interpret the Bible and how I should do this and how I should do that. I really do appreciate all your guys' suggestions. I really do. But remember... I remember hearing on another show that the more you read the Bible, the Bible reads you. And so as much as I appreciate, just kind of as a sidebar, as much as I appreciate everybody's um, input and suggestions on, you know, how I draw parallels with the modern day versus what has been written in Old Testament or New Testament for that matter, or, you know, I know some people kind of take issue with certain things with how I interpret certain things. That's fine. You know, everybody interprets something differently. Listen, as a truck driver, okay, I'm going to just kind of pause here from the Bible section for a minute and just kind of share something quick with you. As far as interpretation goes, let me share something real quick for you. As a truck driver, we have a big, thick book of rules and regulations. It's a big, nice, thick, green book. And there's a lot of rules, laws, statutes, regulations, you name it, it's in there. If it was, a, you know, as it pertains to people who hold CDLs and that are truck drivers. If you get pulled over by a state trooper and he is DOT certified where he can actually, you know, he's a commercial, you know, he's a law enforcement, commercial, uh, commercial law enforcement officer. Okay. If he decided to give me a ticket for one bungee strap. That's not over out of the 10 bungee straps that I have over my trays holding my hoses in place. One bungee, bungee strap that's not connected or hooked. His interpretation of the law would be that's an unsecured load. And so that particular DOT officer could interpret the law saying, well, you don't have that bungee strap, so therefore you have an unsecured load, even though I'm hauling a tank full of gas. It's like, well, what are you talking about? How is this unsecured load? Because my load is inside a big tank. Sorry, sir. Part of your load is, are these uh, are these uh, hoses. Now, let's just say I got pulled over by a different DOT state officer. He sees a strap that's undone. His interpretation would be probably more on the literal sense of the load being you know, what's inside the tank of the trailer, not so much the hoses. So interpretation can have so many different outlooks, so many different visions. And so as far as the Bible goes, again, I'm going to reiterate, I appreciate 
the input and the uh, pointers. I know some of you want me to kind of, I know one, there's somebody out there want me to call, call them, you know, do like a Bible study. And I appreciate that. Look, and, and I'm not going to mention names because I, I like to, I don't, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I appreciate the offer. And maybe one day, because I, I love to discuss in the Bible, but I'm going to do my best to follow my heart and follow what God, how God talks to me as I read the Bible. I could read the Bible of one specific chapter 20 different times, and maybe on the 21st time, it might resonate so much differently with me. And that's the beautiful thing. That's why they say the more you read the Bible, the Bible reads you. And so everybody has their own interpretations. And that's something I'm even trying to learn myself because I have always been one of those people that if it's not seen my way, then your way is the wrong way. And that's the wrong way for me to even look at things. We got to be guided by the Holy Spirit, as Rita just said here in the chat board. I just saw this. Hi, Rita. Glad to have you here. And yeah, and she says it best. As long as we listen to the Holy Spirit, he will guide us. Absolutely. And so that's exactly what I try to do. Like I said, I'm not a expert on the Bible. I'm not a scholar. I'm not an ordained minister, but I do my best to interpret it the best way that I know how. And like I said, some days I fall flat on my face because I'll read scripture and maybe it's because I didn't get enough sleep. I don't know, but I'll read it and I'll be like, what in the heck did I just read? Because none of that made sense. You know, maybe I'm just having a mental brain fog that day. But anyway, but back to the revelation though, you know, that thousand years of peace is very intriguing. It really is because it's one of those things that you know, I'd like to believe we're really close to it because as the world starts to awaken to the tyranny that's going on, I mean, we're starting to see nations rise up against these tyrannical governments. We're seeing Sri Lanka, you know, doing what they're doing with their government. They're toppling it over. Now, granted, they're going to have a big mess on their hands because now they still have to have some sort of continuity of government. They need to have some sort of structure, right? You can't just have a free-for-all because when you have something like that, it's just, it, it never ends up panning out well if you don't have some sort of good structured leadership. And that's what makes America so unique and different is because we do have those structures and we do have those foundations that help us keep a, a certain level of order, but still have the people be in charge, if that makes sense. So I don't know, maybe, and like I said, some people that I know very well that I'm close to that I respect very much that I gain a lot of knowledge from and learn from, they seem to think that we're near the thousand years of peace. But here's the beautiful thing. Nobody really knows, right? Because again, just like the Bible says, and I can't remember where it says it, no one knows the time or day or the place when this is going to happen. Not even God's angels, right? We're never going to know when that time comes. Only God knows that very exact time to the minute, to the second, to the millisecond. Only God knows. Not even his most trusted angels know. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's very, it's, it's very, it's just very intriguing though. Just as we read more and more through the scriptures, how it speaks to us, because it speaks to each and every one of us differently, you know? But anyway, I don't know. Like I said, I read it this morning. Something, you know, prompted me to want to read Revelation. I was like, yeah, let's read Revelation. That sounds good. I was kind of debating between chapter 20 or chapter 17. Maybe tomorrow I'll do chapter 17. I don't know. It was funny. My mom was asking me earlier. She goes, how do you figure out what you read for the uh, for the 1% with, uh, you know, the 1% with him? I said, I don't know. Sometimes I just do Bible roulette. I know some people hate that, but sometimes I'll just flip through the Bible and then I stop and I look and I'll read. And if it doesn't talk to me, then I do it again and I read 
and I do it until something resonates with me. And then when something resonates with me, I put my bookmark in there and I make a mental note and say, okay, this is what I'm reading later. So, yeah. But uh, let me see here. I, I always like reading the chat board. I don't know why. See, I get curious. See, I, I got like FOMO when it comes to the chat board. And let's see. Rita says, I think the scripture speaks to us at different times. We need, we need, let's see here. We could read something several times a day, then bam, it would wake you wake you up and speak to you big time. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had many times like that. And then she continues to say the millennium 1000 years comes after the tribulation. Revelation is awesome. And the only book that comes with a blessing. Yes, it does. It's probably why the Satan hates it so much. The Genesis and revelation. So anyway, but that's all I got for you today. Like I said, just it was something kind of fun. I thought it would be kind of cool to read that. And and so I'm going to come back here in about five minutes. We're going to do a His Hardline discussion. We're going to talk about the Jural Covenant of Office with regards to the Assembly, why the JCO is so important, and just, you know, just talk a little bit about uh, the importance of self-governance and, you know, how we need more people to participate in their state and county assemblies. Because what's about to come down the pike here uh, later this year, um, it's going to be very, very interesting times, and you're going to want to start paying attention more and more, I don't want to say just to this channel, but go to uh, national-assembly.net. You're going to want to start paying attention to the assemblies, uh, the lawful assembly. There's many out there that are imposters, and but you're going to want to start paying attention to that because the assemblies are about to make some pretty good heavy moves in some form or another at some point this year. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So come join us here in the next five, six, seven minutes. I just got to, you know, close this out get some audio uploaded and we will be back. So until then, or the next time we will see you later. And uh, I hope you all have a great night and uh, we're going to end this in prayer. Heavenly father, we thank you so very much for another day of life and thank you for good health. And I pray for everybody who listens to this. I pray that you bless them with abundance of health and good wealth. And I know wealth looks differently to everybody. You know, sometimes it means a, a prosperous garden out in the backyard that feeds us all year. Um, and, you know, wealth is different to everybody, but, you know, stand by everybody, help them through these tough times. And um, we know that you have our best interest in heart. We know that you're always going to guide us. And we just, you know, we just pray that you continuously just be that shining light, showing each step that we need to take in the darkness because these are these are troubling times for most people and so just be there for those who are lost and let's shepherd some of these lost sheep back in and so we pray all of this in your holy son's name jesus christ amen and yeah as uh before i close this out again i have to look at the chat board yeah that's another one too dusty Payne was saying the book of enoch goes deep into uh what is really coming i got into about halfway into that i never really finished it i should finish it but i never uh never did so um, yeah, the book in Enoch, that's a good one. You can actually find the PDF on that, by the way. So if you don't want to buy it, you can go to www.national-assembly.net. Go to the forums page, go in the search bar, and you could type in uh, Book of Enoch. It's E-N-O-C-H. And um, yeah, and you can read it there or you can download an audio book as well. I think uh, I did that and it's like $2.99. So it can read it to you. So very easy to get a hold of, but yeah, check out the book of Enoch. It's very interesting. There is many, there's quite a few books, if I recall correctly. I don't know if Destry has the number offhand, but I know he was saying there's actually a few books that actually were missing from the Bible that even beyond the seven books that aren't um, part of the Protestant Bible, like um, the Ecclesiastical book, 
you know, and the, uh, what else is there? There's the, um, oh, I can't think of them now, but there's seven books that's in the Hebrews Bible that's not in the Protestant Bible, but beyond those seven books, I guess there's more outside of the book of Enoch that are missing. So I'd be curious to know what's in those books. And you? So but that's all we have for today, and we will be back here in about five minutes. We'll see you later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. out our website www.hishardline.com for all the latest updates.